Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a surprise bonus episode of We Watch Shudder. Uh, my name is JD, and who's here with me? It's Michelle. Yeah, it's always Michelle. It's always, it's always JD. JD. It's always the two of us. Yeah. So what are we... Uh, wait a minute. Is people like, wait, why is there a new We Watch Shudder? Well, guys, I'm actually uh, about 12 hours later than I wanted to be. Uh, but this is our uh, mid-year recap. Our let's take a look back now, halfway through the year. There's probably a really good quick name for it I could have come up with. Uh, or maybe if I had like halfway reached horror. out and asked Michelle. Yeah, ha- okay, halfway horror. We'll do that. <laughs> no, we're just going to take a look back at uh, the first half of the year, which technically uh, ended at noon on July 2nd. Uh, and I just missed it by a little while. It's fine, JD. Get over it. Deal with it. it like, guys, I get really caught up in details like this. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna talk with you about, uh, some things we've loved this year, some things that maybe were kind of surprising. Uh, what else are we gonna talk about, Michelle? Uh, we're just going to talk about horror in general, things that we have seen and liked, things that maybe we didn't like. I don't know if we're going to get into that too much because that could be a long discussion. Sure. Um, and things that aren't necessarily on Shutter that we are looking forward to. Yeah. And my list is just a lot of things that aren't even horror because I could not narrow it down. I have 19 things on my absolutely must see for the rest oh, of the Oh, well, we're definitely list. not going to talk about every nope. one of those. That's we are absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. Um, as people know, uh, I am very meticulous in keeping track of new releases and what I want to see and when their release dates are. So my list was narrowed down specifically to movies that had release dates because my things in development list still has 500 things on it. And oh I was not God. going to go through that and figure out if it was project- projected to come out in Q3 or Q4 of 2023. I just didn't have it in me. So it's only if it has a set release date so that I could look at my chronological order of releases so if i forgot to mention something that is obviously something i'd care about it's probably because i didn't know the release date and didn't have it in my list yet okay i also stress <laughs> about the details <laughs> and as will be uh, uh no surprise to anyone uh michelle put way more intensity and work into this than i did i thought That's of about half a dozen movies that I specifically wanted to mention and uh, things I wanted to talk about and Michelle turned it into a project but it's cool that's guys at least yeah, yeah well and that's why we love you uh, it's uh, uh, it's it's just gonna be kind of loose and chatty here today we're getting away from our normal structure and if you know anything at all about either Michelle or I uh, getting away from our structure is not always the smartest plan of attack, but we're going to see how it goes. Uh, I think probably the best place to start, Michelle, is maybe just a quick recap of what we felt were the best Shutter releases so far this year. You want to start there? Yeah, I only had two movies that got five skulls that were new releases on Shutter. Cheapskate. So I know. I've had a lot in the 4.5, 4.25 range, but really only two things blew me out of the water, and that was Nocebo and Brooklyn 45, which was very, very recently released. Um, those were the two that, and looking at the list, they definitely stand out more than anything else on that list does. I really enjoy those two. They are a cut above the rest. How about you, J.D.? Uh, yeah, the uh, there were three uh, that I gave a, a perfect five skull rating to uh, on Shutter releases so far. Uh, I also gave five skull uh, reviews to uh, Nocebo, uh, which, by the way, uh, my record here, Michelle, shows you only gave a four and a half, not a five. What? Ooh. Oh, well, then I think that one's just... Yeah, I did only give it a 4.5. You gave it a 5. Oh, I gave it a 5. Really it's fabulous. For me. Yeah. Fantastic film. Yeah, I saw uh, Nocebo. I gave a 5. Also, like you, uh, Brooklyn 45 got a 5. Uh, and then one that I also gave a 5 to that you were you were also very high on, just not, not quite all the way to a 5, was uh, Huesera, the Bone Woman. Uh, one of the 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 best. Uh, I just want to let's just talk about these for a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Nocebo, uh, man, talk about a movie that just came out of nowhere. Um, 
uh, Ava Green is in this film, just looking her Ava Greenest and bringing all that expressiveness uh, to bear. Uh, some real uh, psychological mess going on there in Nocebo. Uh, you, uh, what, what were your thoughts on that film? Oh God, it's been so long, and I've seen so much <laughs> horror now. Um, I I don't want to say the things that stick out to me too much about that because the things that I still think about with that movie are all near the end and the sure. big reveals and twists. Yeah, and we're gonna try to stay case, away from too many spoilers here on this kind exactly. of yep. kind if of flashback episode. Check out the full episodes. They can go do that. Yeah. Each of those half full ones. But yeah, that that ending of that movie really just stuck in my brain and has refused to leave um so yeah. i can't get into it too much <laughs> yeah it's it's got some some great uh some great special effects uh like i said a, an incredible performance from uh, from ava green uh mark strong is also in that film and is very very good it's it was uh something that i didn't know a lot about going in which is something i've kind of committed to with all of these titles this year uh, but just really enjoyed that one quite a bit. Uh, and uh, Brooklyn 45, I don't know wh- how you would come down on this, Michelle, uh, but of the three that I gave five to, if I had to rank them, uh, so far, Brooklyn 45, the very best Shutter release of the year so far for me. Uh, do you agree or disagree? Uh it's actually funny that you and I gave five skulls to Brooklyn 45, both of us, when we don't always agree on things, because I have had a lot of friends who are like, because you gave it five, I went and watched it and they don't religiously watch all the releases like we do. And they're like, I don't uh-huh. understand why that was a five for you. A lot of what? people liked it, but do not think it is the perfect horror movie in the way that oh, you and I, I did. So I that's very interesting that, that you and I agree. And these are friends who... I usually have similar movie tastes with. So I was like, what? So I think um, one of them was Aaron, who we both know. Uh, and he He's was saying, a like, yeah, he, but he and I usually agree. And he was like, that ending just was so abrupt. And I was like, yeah, but it talks about this and this and this. And he was like, oh, I didn't realize. So I'm like, I think maybe yeah. our discussion <laughs> and analyzing it as much as we did is sure. why we were able to bring it Well, and I think also, if, yeah. if I remember to when we watched that film, uh, I think we both came into the episode and we learned very quickly that we had both actually watched the film twice before we ever yep. sat down to record uh, because yeah. uh, we, we I, I, I watched it and I just I had this feeling I was like is this like is this movie really as good as I, I think it is and I had to go back and watch it again and there are there's so many layers happening uh, so many great character performances uh, going on there uh, just uh, it does. One of my favorite things in that uh, it periodically makes you completely forget you're watching a horror movie. Uh, and then it reminds you that you're watching a horror movie. I thought the oh, they did a lot of practical effects work here that uh, uh, gave it a nice stylized look. I just, everything about that movie just rang out solid for me. I loved that film. I'm going to have to go see it again here sometime soon. Yeah, I think uh, the friends who did message me to say like, wow, that was a five. It was good, but I didn't realize it was five. I think I'm going to tell them to now that they know everything, go watch it a second time. Go watch because it again. that's what solidified it for you and me. And uh, like one of the friends was telling me like, I was just kind of confused at the end. And I was like, okay, watch it a second time. Because yeah. I, it's one of those where on the first, missed. yeah. There are, there are connections that you're probably not making because you didn't know they were coming. Yep. Exactly. Uh, it, it, I yeah, it's yeah. So well done. Uh, and, and plus, then, uh, it's uh, one of those. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's one of those things where because we talked it up so much, then your expectations are really high, so then it doesn't meet those. Whereas you and I were both surprised and not expecting this from that film. It's kind of like the show Yellow Jackets, which everybody talked up so much, and I was like, well, this isn't perfect. But then I'm like, no, it's just because I'm thinking of it from the lens of everybody telling me you're going to love this show and then I look at it again I'm like no this is fantastic I'm just I got my hopes up and there is no way that anything would ever meet that and I think that's that could be some of these is very good yeah maybe a little (laughs) bit of that and then uh, as I mentioned I also gave a five skull to Huesera the bone woman not gonna dig into that one too much except just to say that uh if you're a longtime listener of the show by now you know that uh uh, JD loves him a real good witch movie. 
and a very specific kind of witch movie. And I just loved everything about that. It had uh, a couple of twists and turns that I was not expecting. Really well written, really well executed. Uh, definitely worth a look uh, along with all the rest of those films. A lot of the twists and turns come from her own body making a crickety crackety sound. Anytime the body makes, oh God, sometimes I'll just be sitting here and I'll get the sound effects from that movie just in my head, like when a song gets stuck in your head, but I hear the sound of bones, crickety crackety. Yeah, yeah, that's Ooh. another thing is it's, uh, it's categorized sound. everywhere you go as supernatural body horror. And when you put... When you put witch movies and body horror movies together, you've just you've made a, a very delicious sandwich for JD, and this one was fantastic. Um, delicious bony sandwich. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, the Bone Woman. Uh, so, guys, that uh, those those are the Shutter movies, and we've got full episodes on all of those movies that you can go back and listen to. What I want to spend a little bit more time on now, though, is we're going to take some time to talk with you about. Things that have been going on outside of the Shutterverse, the Shutter Sphere. What do we want to call it? I don't know. Outside of Shutter is probably the easiest way to do it. I don't have to make up extra words. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the other horror releases that we've seen this year that we have thought were absolutely fantastic. Uh, I asked Michelle to put together a top three. I put together a top three. Michelle, why don't you tell me what your number three not-Shutter horror movie of the year is so far? Well, as we learned in the year-end recap, I do not number them because that is too much for me. I am very meticulous in it, so I do have three, but they are in no particular order. So I'm just going to start okay. at the bottom of the list. Go ahead. Uh, and that is one that I told you that you need to check out, and I don't think you have yet. Project Wolf Hunting on Screenbox. No, I have not. Okay, if you're like... Man, I really enjoyed the sadness, but I wish it more had even more brutality and blood and death. Then check out Project <laughs> Wolf Hunting. Oh my I don't, god. I don't know if that yeah, you might not exactly be selling that the way you think you are. You I, do you remember how I felt about the sadness? Yep. I yep. still haven't watched it a second time, Michelle. I there's a part but of me that thing... knows I need to, but I can't bring myself to do it. So are you sure okay, you're I selling will say... this how you want to? That the things that you particularly were upset about are not present in Project Wolf Hunting. Uh, okay. I don't think there's a single bit of sexual assault in Project Wolf Hunting. It is, uh, oh, I don't want to say too much, but we'll just say that a bunch of prisoners are being transported from, I think it was the Philippines to South Korea, and they get loose. And the body count in this movie is insane. I think when I went to read <laughs> up about it, that it was like 70 people died throughout it, um, which is ridiculous. Uh, and I had to watch it twice because I did not expect such a really in-depth story i thought like this is just going to be brutal and once it takes a leap part way through at a certain point you're like oh what did this movie just become then it's so heavy in story that i had to go watch it a second time a little bit later i waited like a week or two and uh it just gets um it, it's really interesting and in, like how did these events come to unfold who was involved in it um i wound up reading a lot of articles i loved project wolf hunting um it is, it, it's, yeah, it, it's a lot of really good, gory fun with a very solid story. Nice. And that was weird. Project <laughs> Wolf Hunting on Screambox? Yep, yep. Excellent, Project Wolf Hunting. Uh, for me, my number three, uh, also one uh, that you can catch on Screambox, uh, it's called... Uh, uh, it just was released. It's called New Religion. Uh, this uh, is a um, very bizarre uh, Japanese film, I believe. I, man, I really hope it's Japanese. I'm going to feel bad if it's another kind of Asian and I've made a terrible mistake here. Uh, but New Religion just recently released on Screambox. Uh, wild film. Uh, definitely worth your time. Uh, it's about uh, it's sort of sci-fi horror uh, stuff going on. Um, it's uh, it's the only way I can really describe it is it's very Japanese, and that feels like maybe an inappropriate way to say it. But if you've seen 
a lot of classic Japanese horror, I think you're going to know exactly what I mean. Uh, there's yep. some ghosty things going on here. Uh, there's some just great things happening. I definitely recommend this movie. I honest, I just saw it uh, for the first time a couple of days ago and was just really taken aback by how much I enjoyed it. I need to go through and see it again, uh, but this is one that I definitely think people are going to be talking about come around the end of the year. Awesome. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm a little bit behind in my June releases because, as people know, I watch every single movie that comes out or at least <laughs> gets quite a bit of attention because it would be impossible to watch, you know, all the TikToks. Um, but uh, uh, that was on my list. And now I'm going to make sure that I get to it before I have to go back to work on Wednesday. So awesome. Sweet. Awesome, awesome. What was your number two? Uh, so this one, um, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm actually going to cheat a little bit with my last two. It'll it'll be made up. Um, so my second one is going to be Malum slash The Last Shift. Okay. Because I think those two movies combined would make my perfect horror movie. But independently, they are each around like the 4.5 range. Uh, for people who aren't familiar, um, JD had actually seen Malum before I had. And it's about this. No, I saw The uh, Last Shift. Oh, you saw The Last Shift. You haven't seen Malum yet. Okay. No, well, the, basically, the Malum is the new one. The Last yep. Shift is the older one. Yep. Yep. I forgot which one you had seen. So The Last Shift and Malum are basically the same story uh, where a police officer is doing The Last Shift by herself. And there's a lot of supernatural fuckery happening and uh, yeah. cult leader <laughs> stuff. And if you've seen some of the stills um, that they released to tease uh, the newest version, which is Malum, which is basically just a bigger budget version of the first one. Um, then you know that there's a lot of blood and a lot of like satanic stuff going on in there. Um, I watched Malum first uh, and the... I don't want to get into too much detail, but I will tell you that I watched Malum and then I was like, maybe I haven't seen The Last Shift because I'd been telling JD, no, I definitely have. And I realized I hadn't because none of that was familiar <laughs> to me. So I watched The Last Shift like the next night. And uh, when I watched Malum, loved it. Then I saw The Last Shift and I was like, man, I wish you had retained just this bit from the original and maybe like this bit from the original and it would have just amplified it so much. So I think uh, there's enough change between the story that neither of those are a five for me, but watching them side by side is definitely a five skull experience because there's enough in there that I enjoy throughout the two movies that I'm, I'm cheating a little bit. I could not decide which one I enjoyed more, but possibly Malum. I don't know. I like the, the beginning of Malum more, but the ending of The Last Shift more. So it's a, uh, yeah, it, it it's a fantastic experience. Excellent. I, uh, I still, you know, I, I still have not had a chance to see Malum either. Uh, uh, the Last Shift was actually a movie that was a big surprise to me uh, because I had been aware of it for a long time, but I just, I was always kind of, based on the description I read and the picture, the box art and everything, it was one of those where I was like, eh, this goes on the maybe pile, and it just stayed in the maybe pile for a while. And then I heard somebody else on another podcast talk about it, and I don't remember who, uh, but I went to look at it, and I was like, oh, that's that movie. All right, let's give it a shot. And I was surprised by how much I really enjoyed it. And then I had been hearing about Malum for a while. It was getting some festival buzz and things. Uh, and uh, I sort of accidentally found out while watching The Last Shift, because I like to go and see what these directors might, what other stuff they might have done uh, to, uh, if I find something that I'm, I'm surprisingly enjoying, and found out that uh, he also is the guy making this movie Malum, uh, and that Malum is essentially kind of a reimagining of the same story. Uh, I'm definitely interested in seeing it. I've heard tons of great things about it. Uh, but uh, just haven't had a chance. That's two now on your top three, Michelle, that I haven't even seen, and I've only got one on my top three that you haven't seen, I know, because you saw the other two with me. Oh, okay. Well, then. <laughs> Number uh, two. going to be The Outwaters. I know how much you love that one. <laughs> it is not, Michelle. It is not. My number two... Uh, oh. surprising uh, everyone, including me, from the moment I saw it, is Megan. I, I the adore second, yes. this movie. <laughs> this movie, I did not see this coming 
at all. I thought for sure I was not going to enjoy it. I'll be totally frank with you. I'm not the world's biggest James Wan fan. I'm not into a lot of the stuff that he's done. I think Blumhouse has produced some really interesting stuff. They've also done some things that aren't for me, as we like to say. Uh, but I, I went in very dubious, uh, prepared to really dislike this film. Uh, but it, the tone of it is perfect. Everybody involved knew exactly what they were making and how absurd what they were making was. This movie is so great. I saw it in the theaters, in a very packed theater with Michelle and some other friends and a whole bunch of strangers we don't know. And then I also saw it uh, once at home. And the sad thing is... Uh, for a lot of you, if you haven't seen this yet, I definitely still think you should see it. But this is one of those movies where you are going to wish you had had a chance to see it with an audience. It it has that energy that just builds on other people's reactions. And it was a very fun theatrical horror experience and still a, 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 an enjoyable at-home experience. But I just... It, I, I, it's, I had so much fun... At, with this movie, and uh, and I, I, I very much was surprised, and I appreciate the hell out of it. I feel like theatrical viewings ever since COVID don't give me that, you know, fun, enjoyable night out experience like I used to. The theaters are never packed, um, and I mean, part of it is just our area, uh, and when I choose to see things but I never get that like buzz of excitement that you can feel in the air and Megan right. was the first time I felt that in a long time outside of like yep. Marvel movies but they're next level nerds are <laughs> for a little out of right. control but like Megan was the the first one where I was like this entire crowd loves this and the We're laughter having... was so loud at yeah. parts that you couldn't uh, hear the dialogue which might be frustrating but was so fun because nobody expected that right and, it was and when you're it was all, very new to the theaters and we're all laughing with the film right we're not exactly. laughing at it like the, like I said everybody involved here knew exactly what they were doing and it was so much fun in a way I haven't been able to have at the theater in a while so I really liked that I firmly stand by the statement that I made earlier this year that now you have to go back and give Malignant a second chance. No, I really because don't. Because <laughs> with Megan coming out, I feel even more confident that Malignant was meant to be a campy, ridiculous, laugh out loud type of movie. And I loved it. It was like Megan for me. I had the same reaction. So uh, I think I think he leaned into it a lot more with Megan, and it was apparent. So but Malignant, great. Malignant was so funny, and it it didn't feel like his other stuff. It felt like this is him trying something new. And now that Megan came out, I I feel so confident that he meant to be campy and fun. Maybe one of these days I'll give it another shot. Yeah. Anyway. It was so uh, fun. <laughs> So that then brings us, Michelle, to your number one not shutter horror movie release of 2023. Yeah. What is your number one? Well, since uh, the last entry was two movies, I decided to make up for it by choosing half a movie for my last slot. Um, and that's partially because uh, I think this is something that we are going to see a lot more of. Um, this is actually a short horror film on YouTube. Um, with things like Oculus, uh, obviously being one of the biggest examples of being a half hour short film that became uh, a bigger theatrical release. Um, and then we saw that more with, oh God, why am I Skinamarink, you know, in the mm -hmm. original. Um, I think that, yeah, heck, the, I was going to say hell, but I knew that was wrong. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more filmmakers coming up because of YouTube or like even the guy who makes the backwaters he is getting so much recognition so I wanted to include one of the YouTube videos that I absolutely loved and I feel like sometimes half hour short films can do a much better job of being a solid horror movie than an hour and a half can so what I chose was The Chair written and directed by Curry Barker you can find it on YouTube it is just a man who finds a chair on the side of the road and he decides to bring it home and his life falls apart. It is so much like what the fuck is going on kind of stuff. It, it's, it's one that surprised me so much that I added it to my list of best movies of 2023 knowing that it was a YouTube film. But I think that we're going to start seeing that a lot more. The Chair 
by Curry Barker is a must watch. I'll have to check that out. I uh, I did not expect coming into this that Michelle was going to uh, pull a double whammy on one spot that includes a movie that's now eight years old, by the way, uh, and then give me uh, a YouTube short for a number one spot. But uh, here we are. I guys. like to throw a wrench in things. No, I, I think it's great. I think it uh, it adds a, a fun little element to what we're doing here. I It's not something I would have thought to do. I appreciate that quite a bit. I do agree. Uh, uh, one thing, uh, that, interestingly enough, uh, there are a lot of... Uh, I'm not the world's biggest uh, anthology horror fan, uh, but I do agree with you. There are some things that definitely work better uh, as a short than as a full uh, uh, feature-length idea. Uh, so I'll definitely be interested in checking that out. The Chair on the YouTubes. The chair. Yeah, and if you look up The Chair, you get a country song, so make sure you look up The Chair Horror or The Chair Curry Barker. The full title is The Chair Award-Winning Horror Short Film, so it's very easy to find. Cool. We'll be looking for it. So then that brings us to JD's number one film of the year so far that's not a Shutter release. Do you have a guess as to what it is, Michelle? Is it the one where I bought you a ticket and then you didn't realize that I bought you a ticket so then you didn't sit next to me at the theater because you bought yourself a ticket? Well, I bought myself and a friend a ticket. So, yes. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly it's that one. one. I, I yeah. have tickets for both of you. So. What is it, Michelle? What is it? Evil Dead Rise. You're motherfucking right it's Evil Dead Rise. Yep. Holy shit. I love this movie, you guys. I went back and just watched it again. It just recently dropped on Max for streaming. Uh, I, I had to see it again uh, right away uh, to see if I still loved it as much as I did in the theater, and I think I love it even more. Uh, what an incredible uh, entry into this franchise. Uh, definitely bringing things back to more serious, more intense uh, horror uh, with uh, occasional... Uh, moments of camp and some nods to those elements of the franchise in general. Uh, but this is a no bullshit fucking brutal horror movie. And I loved every bit of it. They just, they don't fuck around. They get right down to business. They tell us just enough about the characters for us to understand their plight and be able to connect with them. And then just glorious horror chaos ensues. I thought it was a really well-balanced example of how to do this sort of thing. Uh, they didn't just try to remake the original film. This is a franchise film, right? It's not even a reimagining. It's taking these same ideas and just pulling elements from all the previous iterations of this franchise and pushing it forward now in ways that I just, I, I thought uh, were, were just surprisingly awesome. Uh, I thought it was so much better than the Fidi Alvarez 2013 Evil Dead, which again uh, was one where they tried to make it more of a direct remake and it just didn't work for me on a number of levels. Loved, loved, Loved everything about Evil Dead Rise. I, I think it made it very clear that we can expect more of these, and the box office definitely made it clear uh, that we can expect more of these, and I am very excited. If we continue to get more stuff in this vein, uh, the Evil Dead franchise is in good, good hands. I still like the other one um, that you dislike, but yeah, it was good. Oh, so great, so great. That is, uh, yeah, I have as of to right that now, people have not been raving about it. Yeah, it's, it's so good. You guys definitely check it out uh, if you haven't yet. And if you already have, check it out again. It's awesome. So uh, those are our, our, our non... Do you have a, a, any just like titles you want to throw out as honorable mentions, Michelle, on, on things oh, without any specific thoughts? Bear. Oh, Cocaine Bear. Bear. I still haven't seen Cocaine Bear. I still God, haven't seen like Winnie Megan. the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Oh, okay. Well, hang on. Cocaine Bear is like Megan in that it is 
way too good. It it does a much better job than it had any right to be. I've seen it right. several times. Fucking great. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey has no right to be that bad. So <laughs> entirely different scales has of no right to be that bad. That's a hell of a commentary. We have agreed that we're not going to be mean anymore on this podcast, but I feel well. like Winnie the Pooh was asking for it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm de- I'm still gonna have to check it out for myself. You know how this works. Yeah. Uh, so those are things we've seen so far this year, guys. That ha- have been a lot of fun. I do want to shout out uh, another Screambox title uh, that I didn't put on this list because uh, it's actually a documentary. Uh, but it's a- and I don't know what it is about Screambox, but they are a beautiful repository of a lot of very like franchise and title specific documentaries living with Chucky. Uh, if you are a fan of the child's play franchise, if you are not a fan of the child's play franchise, if you are just a fan of documentaries, this is a fantastic documentary. It gives you tons of great information about this franchise and I definitely recommend uh, that you check it out. I had a lot of fun with it as a documentary. They do, a t- uh, you know, lots of talking head interviews, but they do interviews with Brad Dourif, who, of course, is Chucky, uh, both the, uh, the, the real live Chucky before he becomes doll Chucky and doll Chucky. But uh, some of you know, some of you may not, Brad Dourif's daughter, Fiona Dourif, is now involved with the Chucky TV series and I believe was in a couple uh, of the the most recent films. Uh, and they do these interview segments with the two of them together that have a real nice sort of uh, kind of ironic uh, family love touch when we're talking about such a, a, a violent horror franchise. But no, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, I definitely would suggest people check that out. I just and all the other documentaries, documentaries on Screenbox. Yeah. I was going to say, there's a Robert England one that just came out. I just yep. love horror documentaries because it shows us the human side of these people making nightmares. They yeah. are one of yeah. my favorite documentary genres. I love documentaries in general. But yep. uh, yeah, no, Screenbox is a great repository for documentaries. For sure. So, so half the year is done, guys, mm-hmm. but we still got half the year to come, and there are a lot of things coming up. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Michelle is definitely way more aware of and attached to what's still to come this year. So I'm just going to ask you, Michelle, uh, tell me... If you had, and I know you told me you have a list of like eighty-seven titles that you you, you I'm not know gonna are still. I'm gonna rattle a list off at the end for the ones that I didn't <laughs> get to discuss. I know the ones that are going to appeal to you if you're not aware of them, and will probably appeal to some of our listeners if they're not. Here's what here's what I want to ask. Tell me yeah. right now, once again, uh, your top three movies still to come in 2023 that you are your, your top three horror films in 2023 still to come that you're most looking forward to uh the primeval primevals primevals uh comes out this uh this month actually at uh famtasia it is a 45 year project from david allen are you familiar with this at all i am not but i'm uh i'm pulling it up Right now, as we speak, you said the primeval? Yes, so P-R-I-M-E-V-A-L-S. I know there is no way in my life that I will get to experience Mad God a second time, but if this Aha. was a 45 minute or 45 year project from this man, I'm really hoping that it will be something that can be compared as, you know, this is somebody's life work and it's a masterpiece. Um, I've seen some of the stills from it. Um, I don't think it's going to be as dark as Mad God because nothing else would be. And I'm sure David Allen is frustrated hearing his movie constantly compared to Mad God, but I hope that it will be compared in a way that is positive and like a look what can happen if you just keep working on something you care about oh my god i know this is the first i've heard anything about this and i'm just looking at some stills on a google search and holy shit (laughs) uh that uh is definitely now also on my list holy shit that looks (laughs) like it could be super dope all right what's your number two uh, number two, I love everything Emma Stone, so Poor Things, being released September 8th. 
Uh, Emma Stone is a woman brought back to life by, I think she's brought back by Mark Ruffalo or Willem Dafoe. I don't remember who brings her back to life. Have you heard of Poor Things? Uh, no, I have not. Oh my God. Okay, watch some of the trailers for Poor Things. Uh, I feel like horror, if it's a large theatrical release, normally doesn't appeal to me as much because my interests don't fall in line with what a lot of horror movie goer like the mainstream kind of stuff you know like they're not going to put mad god in movie theaters for example but to me that's a perfect horror movie i feel like poor things if it's done as well as it seems to be this one will be amazing i love emma stone i love emma stone i have She's watched arcade fires anna music videos so many times and i don't even like arcade fire i just like emma stone um so yeah that is it I don't fully understand what's going on in it because I do like to keep the information I know about movies to a minimum um, so that I'm surprised by them. But I've definitely watched the trailers and oh man, poor things. September 8th is really high on my list of things that I am looking forward to. Oh, that's uh, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos is the director of Poor That's Things. That's how you pronounce that. <laughs> I do remember seeing something about this on uh, on the social medias, now that you mention it, uh, mm -hmm. because I remember it's Yorgos Lanthimos. He's the guy who did The Killing of a Sacred Deer uh, yeah. and The Lobster. The, the Lobster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. His stuff yeah. is very hit and miss with me, but when he hits it, it's a very solid experience and even the ones that I don't really love like killing of a sacred deer is still something that stuck with me and was thought provoking so I'm just really really hopeful that uh, this movie is going to be as good as I am hoping it will be right on right on and then what is your number one uh, I've got it down to three I'm gonna pick this <laughs> one because it's lesser known uh, we're gonna go with talk to me releasing July 28th okay uh, it is a cast writer and director. The cast, the writer, and the director are all people I have never heard of, but the trailer has me very, very excited. Um, I kind of like when a movie is created with basically a bunch of people who don't have huge names and yet still generates enough buzz that a large amount of people are talking about before it comes out because I think that can sometimes show like that movie will live up to the expectations if it's a, a lesser known um group of people so yeah it's a, a woman oh, I don't remember the exact summary but she finds like a hand and they're playing around with a party and when a fun. group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand yep. they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far that's yeah. uh, a yeah. original. <laughs> but yeah, who are we one, kidding? I there would, the there would never be yeah. a summary that concise and non-spoilery <laughs> on the Shutter website. Yeah, I highly recommend checking out the trailer for that one because it looks phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. Do you want me to just list my remaining list very quickly, and then at the end you comment on anything that you want? Uh, to so on? those are those are the top three. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, well, yeah, I tell you what, yeah, go ahead and just rattle off everything else that yep. you're looking forward to for the rest of the year. Perfect. Okay. They are in no particular order except chronological and alphabetical. So, uh, Joyride, July 7th, Stephanie Sue, along with her friends, goes to Asia to find her birth mother. I love Stephanie Sue. I am on board with anything that she does. Theater camp, July 14th, Ben Platt, they're a theater camp. I'm a theater nerd. Love it. Uh, July 21st, going to make me feel weird because I will be doing a double feature at both Barbie and Oppenheimer. I That's going to be the best day of my life. I'm very much looking forward to that. July 27th, the first episode of Twisted Metal comes out, which I think is going to be a fucking awful experience, but I am a nerd and I love Twisted Metal. I'm going to watch it an anyway. Anthony Mackie, don't let me down. Sympathy for the Devil, July 28th. Nicolas Cage, huge Cage fan, unironically. Uh, Metalocalypse gets their new movie, Army of the Doomstar, August 22nd. Uh, Legend of the White Dragon rele releases September 4th, which is Jason David Frank's last movie being released post-mortem. A Haunting in Venice comes out September 15th, which is the latest pro movie. 
King on Screen, September 21st, Stephen King documentary. I'm all about the King life. Dr. Jekyll releases releases September 2023, starring Susie Izzard as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The Exorcist gets its sequel to the original Exorcist coming out on August 13th. Killers of the Flower Moon comes out, I think it was originally August 20th, but I couldn't confirm that. It's a Scorsese and DiCaprio film that's three and a half fucking hours long. They're the only people who can make me sit through a movie for that long. Saw X, give me that gore. October 27th, Dune Part 2, 11-3. Uh, JD hates Dune for reasons unrelated to the movie, but I'm looking forward to this one. The Marvels, uh, November 10th, just realized, uh, no, that isn't in chronological order. I'm a nerd. Give me the Marvels. And wrapping out uh, the end of the year, unless they release something for December that gets me very, very excited. November 17th, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I am very disappointed in the series. I hope they bring me back. It is The Mockingbird book. Holy shit, Michelle. And those were my top. I could not cut it down. That's, I tried uh, so hard. That's a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, and I will watch all <laughs> of them easily. I could get that done in a week. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. I can tell you right away, uh, there's one in particular that you didn't mention that honestly very much surprises me that I am very much looking forward to. Uh, and that is, according to my information, uh, being released August 11th, 2023, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Yes, directed I have it on by on- I knew you were going to mention it. <laughs> yeah, directed by Andre Alvredal, which is, uh, look, I'll be honest with you, I'm more into it as an Andre Alvredal film than specifically as a uh, as like a Dracula uh, spinoff. Uh, Andre did one of my uh, my favorite more odd and weird movies uh, about uh, 13 years ago called Troll Hunter that I just was blown away by. He also did the autopsy of Jane Doe uh, and uh, and I'm just very much looking forward to that. I do like a good uh, sort of um, Nosferatu creepy gross like, like monstrous vampire uh, sort of presentation over a more sort of romantic elegant vampire presentation uh, and I like when shit gets weird on a boat, so I'm definitely uh, <laughs> looking forward to that one. The one movie that, Michelle, I spent so much time preparing to talk about how there's nothing, nothing whatsoever that I give a shit about coming up in 2023, the rest of the year, more than this particular movie. And then, just before we went uh, to record, I discovered that apparently... There is no official release date for this movie yet. We don't even know if it's coming this year. And I don't even know if I want to talk about it. Should I talk about it? I bet you know what it is. I probably do, but this is why I did not delve into anything that did not have a solidified release date. And when I went to look at Killers of the Flower Moon and it did not have October 20th on the IMDb page anymore, I said fuck it and put it on my list anyway. Cool. That makes sense. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to say, hey, fucking A24. Ty West, get your shit together. Figure out a release date for Maxine already. Huh? <laughs> Help a brother out. I want to love this movie. I loved X. I love Pearl. I want to love this movie, but I want to love it as soon as possible. I was very certain it was going to be a 2023 release. Now I'm being told that's entirely possible. It's not going to happen. And I'm kind of upset about it, Michelle. I'm kind of upset about it. Well, you know they're going to make it up to us by releasing Maxine and then telling us we get five more movies in that same year when it does release <laughs> in 2024. So there, there might be a delay, but they're going to make up for it. It took so <laughs> long to make this Dustin. one because as it turns out, we made three of them while we were making this one and they're all coming exactly. out in the next year. Uh, well, okay, maybe I can I have a feeling it, there's got to so. be more fuckery like that. So yeah, I, I guess I can't even it. say for sure that that's something that I'm looking forward to coming up this year. Uh, but uh, uh, again, all so uh, I don't JD used to spend a lot of time focused on everything that was coming and keeping up with all of the advanced news and all the uh, the, the the insider information uh, and, and at one a point system that's alphabetical and with release dates oh no I was never <laughs> I was never as caught up in it as that oh, but okay. no I just got to a point where like I don't even care about watching trailers anymore uh, just uh, hit me with a little bit of information and then uh, I'll watch a movie but I'm just kind of trying to live in the moment and I don't know a lot about what's coming and that's uh, 
Now we're having uh, a slide into therapy time with JD and uh, <laughs> just got so much going on in my life. I can't keep track of what's happening in the world, you guys. It's uh, Michelle, say something before I make this even more awkward. Well, um, on the plus side, if you're not keeping track of release dates very quick, uh, very intense. Um, then Dune Part 2 might just slide under your radar and you'll never hear anything about it and you won't oh, have to be as upset as you were during the Dune Part 2 is is already completely under my radar. I don't care. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to watch it. Uh, and there's, actually, there, there's definitely more to my dislike and disinterest in, in this Dune Part 2 than just... I was really pissed off, you guys, when the first movie was released... And nobody whatsoever until that fucking title card comes up on the screen that says Dune Chapter 1. Like, nobody in the world had any idea that this was going to be a two-part movie. Uh, to Which I spent a lot of time... I even asked a bunch of people. I was like, did any of you have any idea that this was going to be a two-part thing? And nobody had any... I think one person out of maybe 50 people that I... T anyway, it pissed me off so bad. I also just didn't like the movie. It's not very good. Denise Villeneuve is very overrated. That's my opinion! <laughs> I'm trying not to be mean here, Michelle. I but, had a similar uh, experience to you um, with June, except mine was Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2. I went to rent it because uh, that's when you could do that. And I went and I got, went to a physical store and I got the DVD of Kill Bill Volume 1 and I took it home oh and no. I watched it and I finished up at midnight and then I realized there was no more fucking movie and I had to go look it up and there was more movie. I just did not know there was more movie and there were no places open. So for me, it was agonizing in the fact that the other half did exist. I just didn't have it in my possession and would not be able to watch it the same night. And the worst part was I wasn't done watching movies. So then I had to put on something else and it wasn't Kill Bill Volume 2. I had to choose because this was before we had streaming services. Netflix was like a brand new like what is going on kind of thing. Do you remember those days, JD, when you couldn't stream movies at will? Oh, I remember the those days very, very well, ages. Michelle. The dark, dark ages, ages. Uh, where you, I, it was even a time where literally all you got was a picture on a box cover and a paragraph on the back, and good fucking luck. You know, <laughs> I saw so much trash for so long. <laughs> and now I have and so we many. Still see so much trash. Well, now I have um, so many choices that I uh, often just uh, give up looking for something and just watch something I already know I'm gonna like. Yeah, I started a werewolf documentary right before we started recording because I was in kind of the same mode of like, I don't really want to watch a movie, but like, I have something on because I have to get through this fucking list. I'm behind for June. I've still got 30 movies on my list for June to watch, and it's July 2nd, and I still have all of July's movies to watch, and there are 56, which Jesus means I have Christ. to watch roughly 80 movies in July and plus a couple seasons of TV shows no, and it don't. just seems like no, a gigantic don't. you don't Michelle you don't. that I can't accomplish but I do it's who I am um, I would like to say for the record that when Walmart opened the next day or whichever store I wound up going to for this uh, I returned Kill Bill Volume 1 and I immediately went and bought uh, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 to make sure nobody else would ever have to experience that if they ran into it I could be like I have the second one don't worry <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got both. You're fine. Oh. It's cruel. That that should not be possible to just rent out one of them. What the fuck? Yeah, you're, that's probably I mean, why Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore because they're pulling bullshit like that. I think Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore because Netflix killed it. Yeah, I, I by know, planting maybe. Kill Bill Volume One in all the stores, and they didn't even supply them with Volume Two. It was a Netflix elaborate thing. On that note, guys, we have gone completely off the rails from our our little middle-of-the-year summary here. Lots of good movies for you to check out, both on Shudder and not on Shudder. Uh, we would be remiss. If not, it's definitely noteworthy uh, that you have uh, a lot of really interesting things going on this year. A lot of movies getting theatrical releases that might not have done so even just a couple of years ago, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of them. There's obviously some kind of thing happening with movies like Skinamarink and The Outwaters that's really kind of pushing 
experimental film a little bit more forward in uh, uh, in the horror space. Uh, uh, and this it, it's been such a great year again after an awesome year last year. Uh, and there's just so much awesome horror happening that I almost don't have time for anything but horror, and I'm sure my therapist probably thinks that's a terrible idea, but that's between me and God, I guess. It's <laughs> <laughs> all I got, Michelle. I no follow-up comment know. to that. <laughs> I don't even because know I'm the how we're going to... like, yeah, I also, I have 80 movies to watch in July. You do not have my sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I'll keep guys, you thank you so much one, for uh, <laughs> hanging out with us here while we just ramble and babble for an this hour about things that we really enjoyed. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say. Say goodnight, Michelle. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, wait. Michelle has something quickly. else to say. I'm so sorry. I just wanted to say if you like this kind of weird conversational, not focused on a specific movie kind of thing, let us know. Um, we had done a year end recap, uh, obviously, at the end of 2022. Um, yes. And we had done one like right when we started uh, the podcast back when I was still using my gaming headset to record about how we got into horror. So we've done this a couple times. It's always fun. Um, but if people don't like it, we'll stop doing it. Uh, but it does if get a do little like bad. We can do it more. I know. But an hour long episode episode just talking with friends you just yeah, think that cool. you have to be socializing for well i don't care that it's a little <laughs> babbly i just suspect some people who are listening are just like all right guys fucking rain it in here <laughs> well then they should go to one of the other episodes that's specifically devoted to an episode and let me get rambly on that one anyway <laughs> yeah i agree yeah, also that's, that's, yeah We'd be remiss if we didn't mention that Michelle has actually been putting some super hard extra effort into getting our TikTok up and running with some <laughs> content. Uh, so yeah. we should mention the social medias. We're on Facebook, oh, yeah. Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at We Watch Shutter on all of those platforms. Check us out, WeWatchShutter.com, where you will find uh, several hundred squelching images. If you don't understand what a squelching image is, just go look at the website. It's all there. Send us an email, mail at WeWatchShutter.com. Spent an hour on the phone with uh, our, our uh, uh, host uh, provider support getting the stupid email fixed. Anyway, guys... Uh, let us know and drop by wherever you listen to us and leave us a rating uh, and, and maybe even a review if you don't mind uh, mentioning some words uh, and let people know uh, that you enjoy the show. Uh, are we ready now? Uh, if you send us an email, you are allowed to roast me like I found out that Leo was doing with JD when I logged in the Oh, yeah. Day. So shout Michelle, out Leo for roasting. Rue Morgu will never die, Michelle. Rue oh, Morgu. That's one of the TikTok videos I was working on. Will never die. I'm, it'll be on the TikTok. <laughs> it'll never die. So, anyway, Rue now I think Morgu. I'm done. Rue Morgu. All right. Rue Say goodnight, Michelle. Oh, goodnight, Michelle.